0: Welcome to Precept Responsibly, a podcast working to make precepting approachable over happy hour. I'm Jason Mordino. And I'm David Hughes. Let's get into some precepting. Welcome back listeners. Part two of coaching, mentoring, and the difference reminder. If you've not listened to part one, go back one episode to episode four. Make sure you listen. It'll be a great setup to the episode you're about to hear. Talking to Dr. Kamakshi Rao about coaching, difference between coaching and mentorship. And what those next steps are. Uh, Dave, anything you want to add? I don't want to hold the listeners up too much from diving right yeah,
1: in. I, I really think, like, you know, just to preface this, you know, it's, it's a really great interview that, that really takes that transitional period for those that may be a little bit out of practice. I uh, hope you enjoy the second part.
0: Kamachi, you know, thanks for bringing up the like junior mentorship piece i think that that's like really important uh for like how to start thinking about junior uh preceptors and how they interact with their residents and, and so much so i think like we should definitely do um a whole episode on it at some point maybe we'll invite you back on for yeah. it but it, this actually feels like a <laughs> Encore, <really woo-hoo>. great <laughs> first repeat guest. that we're only four episodes in um
2: i don't know what that says about you
0: <laughs> we find people we like and we stick with it um no, I, I think realistically, like, uh, like there's a great point, a great transition point for us to like, start thinking about like, what's the next phase of mentorship? Like when we talk about mentors, we always talk about like students and residents and how can like senior people support students and residents. But like, I've been doing this game for 12 years. I've been an RPD for eight. Like I, um. I don't know what I'm doing half the time. Like I, I need some help sometimes. So, like, as someone who's been in the game like 22 years, like, how are you starting to see mentorship and like that transition into like something else?
2: Yeah, I feel like this is such such an important question. Um, You know, I think the the past couple years has definitely shown us how important it is to invest in the people you have. Yes, it's important to invest in residents and trainees, but what about those people that have envisioned their whole life, right? You leave residency and you're like, I'm gonna be a clinical specialist, I'm gonna round, I'm gonna teach, I'm gonna do research. And then you realize like three or four years in that you're doing it. And you're like, wait, is this what I do for the next 25 years? And you have to ask yourself like, is that, is that gonna be enough? Like, have I capped out three years into my career? Um, and, and the answer is definitely no, but I don't know that we do such a good job um, guiding people, especially in that three to five years out of training when you're starting to make that decision about like what's next for me. Like I had a old I have, a, I have a mentor, one of my old preceptors. I feel like she has helped me make transitions, has advised me really well. But I remember every time I've made like a big win, the first time I got a grant, Um, The first time I justified a new position for myself, I'd call her up and I'd be like, look, look what I did. Isn't that great? And like literally the first thing she would say after saying like, congratulations, that's amazing, would be what's next? And I'm like, wait, can I not just be like happy for once? Can, Can I just like own this victory for once? And She's like, you definitely can, but you always have to think about like what's next. Otherwise you will find yourself stagnating. Um, and at first, I found that to be really like uh, anxiety-provoking because I could never like it was never going to be good enough. But that wasn't the point. It's this idea that if you don't aim to continuously develop yourself, you'll you will cap out, um, and then you may leave because you don't feel like there's any progression available to you. And that's where, you know, I really I I wouldn't say I stumbled on it. I had um, I had a mentor who connected me to coaching and I remember her saying I want you to meet with a coach and work with them and uh I was so confused I was like have I done something wrong (laughs) am I bad at something and then I got to meet with a coach and work with them and it was mind-blowing eye-opening about like what that really meant and to me, it was it was a completely new way of seeing what I could do for others, how I could develop them. So I think, you know, I mentioned, you know, I'd been doing this for 15 years. Um, once I realized, like, I was not relevant, not relevant, that's not the right word. <laughs> but, like, I didn't feel like I could relate to them as well. Yeah. Um, yeah I no, didn't I know feel like I could get them. And so I was like, how do I connect with these? Residents, yes, that was my initial motivation. But then I began to realize like, how do I connect with my RPDs? How do I connect with my preceptors? Um, Because I don't have their experience. I I am not a cardiology pharmacist. How do I talk to my cardiology pharmacy preceptors and give them guidance when I haven't walked their walk? Mentorship doesn't fit that mold anymore. Um, The coaching, it does. And I think There's something really unique about the elements of coaching because it's it's less about telling someone or guiding them to what you know the right answer is, and it's more about helping every individual tap into what the right next step for them is. Um, So you know, it's like it's like professional therapy. It's, It's they have the answer inside of them. Your job as a coach is to help them like quiet the noise focus in figure out what's motivating them and what comes next. And I think that's right now in the pharmacy profession, I mean, y'all can tell me if you've met someone who's doing that, but like I feel like that's missing in our portfolio of development for our young clinicians is how do you start to, how do you how do you guide someone when you ask them that question of what's next? You can't ask them that and then not give them any resource to figure it out. Um, so that's where, you know, evolving as a, as a coach helps me ask questions. I feel like residency has taught me how to listen well. Coaching now takes that to a new level. You throw these like very thoughtful questions out there and then you wait and listen and allow someone to process. So it's a little stickier, but it's definitely really rewarding and watching people sort of evolve in that watching how i evolved i think like the greatest lesson i took from my experience with coaching was how to present myself authentically and how to really own what my voice was what my message was i'm a clinician by background and now i work in administration that's kind of a weird transition to make sometimes you can feel a lot like a like a fraud Right. The imposter yep. syndrome is super big when you walk into admin and you're like, I didn't train for this. Like, I don't know how to do this. Yeah. Um, and I remember sitting with my coach being like, Why did I do this? I was such a good oncology clinician. Why did I choose to do this? And he's like, Well, don't do it then. Go back and be a clinician. And then what if somebody else came in and did this job of building this academic enterprise that you've envisioned? And I was like, Well, well, I mean, like that was that would upset me because that was my idea, and he was like, "Well, you know, I think my wife has given me this great American like adage. What does it say? It's time to put your big girl pants on
0: mm.
2: and get to work." And, you know, there was something that I was like, "I needed to, hear, I needed someone to tell me that."
0: Yeah, the answer was someone here.
2: Like, close the escape hatch. And the answer was right there. Yeah, I just needed someone to tell me to close the escape hatch, buckle in, and work. Um.
0: I, and that I, that
2: I think is a skill set that I hope will work.
0: Absolutely. I'm I'm resonating as like I think about this. Like I, I think um it sounds like you have the experience of like formal coaching, right? Where like there's someone to actively seek that like has a background in coaching. And like while they may not be a pharmacist, there's someone that can help to bring some of those internal things out of you. Um I, like my experience so far is like a middle career uh, individual who like is trying to learn how to like mentor the mentee mentors, mentor the mentors. Yeah. Right. Like, like I am struggling I'm mostly because the only way for me to like start thinking about my next level is looking to the people around me trying to figure out like, what does that look like? And, and particularly for like my position, like I'm still trying to kind of create it there's no one in my organization doing it so that i'm trying to look for people outside my organization hence the reason i've looked up to you for a long time uh looking for like that mentor to like kind of guide those things and and i think um you know it, it's almost like like limiting to think like, oh, I got to mm-hmm. find somebody that's doing what I'm doing. When when like yep. with a good coach and someone to like really bring it out of you, like you may have a really unique idea. You may have a really unique way of practicing in pharmacy to like alter your perspective and change the tra- trajectory of your career to like be what you like internally really want you're just not quite sure how to get there um that was yeah uh, i mean i would say like yeah.
2: you know you jason you shared that anecdote of the person who told you to take the pgy1 directorship right Absolutely. that's a coach that's someone who sat there and just asked you a question like you have this limited view of what you want to achieve yeah. And you need someone to be like, I want you to not think of that as the next step. It's okay to put that out on your horizon, but like, there's a whole journey between here and there. Don't limit yourself because the next step didn't show up just the way you wanted it to. Mm. And I feel like that advice of like navigating that it's, it's there's, there's terminology we use like career crafting, job crafting, but it's also like career navigating. How do you navigate those changes? Because we're also taught early, like residents and students are taught, like, okay, on this day, you will find out what your destiny holds. And next year, on this day, you will find out what is next. And then all of a sudden, we're like, and now go and negotiate a job and go figure out the rest of your career. Good luck. Goodbye. Um, we need to help them navigate. There are going to be those changes. And how do you figure out when you're at that point where change is necessary? And a coach can come in. And help you interpret that there's sort of that gut feeling right like you and I'm assuming that all of you have been at that place where you feel it in your gut you're like it's time for a change I can't keep doing this not because I'm burnt out not because I don't like it but like there's something next and when that moment happens how do you how do you lean into someone who can help you direct it into into where you're supposed to be
1: it it almost, it almost sounds like, you know, there's not, there's not this arbitrary line between mentor and coach. It almost like just, just resonating on that, on that example that, that Jason gave, there's aspects of, of his interaction that were more mentor and coach like, and, and there's not like this magic wand that says, okay, you've had seven years of, of clinical experience. Boom. You are officially graduated. You are now a coach only, not a mentor anymore. <laughs> You know, it, it seems like there's different aspects. And over time, right, like the mentors will find themselves saying, OK, I feel a little bit more removed. I mean, I joke around all the time, like every time, like when I would when I would help Jason review, review applicants, I'd be like, how the hell did I get here? How the heck did I get here? And, <laughs> you know, like I, I see like, you, you know, and over time you, you feel like more removed from like current state. Um, at at yep. which point you have like those light bulb moments go off of okay I'm going to be a coach in this moment or or vice versa so it seems like a, a transitional period is that um, I guess fair assessment I, or
2: I think it's fair I think I would I would just qualify it by saying like I don't think left to everybody's own devices they're going to develop from mentor to coach I don't think that's like I don't think it's a natural transition I think you may come to that point where you recognize like oh I'm you know I wanna have a different impact. And this person doesn't need my life experience. They need guidance. So like you actually have to seek out training. And um, so like, you know, I'm really fortunate, like institution I work out work at is like supporting something called the coaches training academy. So there are 14 people in my cohort that are going through a year-long training process where once a month we sit for nine hours and we learn about the like what's the covenant between coach and coachy? What's the way to how do you do that thoughtful inquiry how do you ask those questions without giving the answer right so if somebody comes to you and says like i'm having trouble with like time management I keep missing my deadlines like the mentor in me is like let me give you what you should do like <laughs> you should set your interim deadlines yes arrange your calendar use this tool this can definitely help
0: let me solve uh, let your me problem for with you right now and find the
2: answer correct mentor is like i've been there i get it here's the answer try it and tell me how it goes Coach is like, really? Huh, why do you why are you identi- why are you circling around that right now? Why is that important to you? Like what happened that made that come up as the thing that's bothering you? Um, and and sort of make someone understand like why is something the issue? Why is why do I want to focus on this right now? And sort of like, what's my motivator to make it better? And how do I start to work towards it? Um so I think like that's, that's the difference you don't You And it's actually really hard. I'm learning and I'm early in my coaching journey. It's hard because you have to hold yourself back from saying like, I know the answer. Let me tell you. And in fact, when you do that, you have to be like, listen, I'm taking off my coaching hat. <laughs> I'm putting on my mentor hat. So you're right that you can do both, but it's a really unique skill set. Being a coach is really, you know, if I was coaching any of you, I can't assume that I know what you should do next. Absolutely. you're not me so how do i give you that how do i give you that space to craft what comes next
0: oh absolutely that's um that is a beautiful explanation about like the difference between coaching and mentoring i i've been struggling with like how to put that in like uh like fine point words for listeners like um i if i had to like summarize it it's really like it, it's mentors take their experience give you direct insight into that experience and say go try it versus a coach is not there to like solve your problem for you they're there to ask you questions to help you solve your problem for yourself Um, which I I think is like a great way of approaching life and it seems almost like you need a degree in therapy in order to do this as I'm like thinking about this I'm like my god that sounds just like the stuff my therapist says so (laughs) like ha. That is awesome you're that you're getting wrong. training in this, but like, dang, I don't feel like I can keep up. So um, what suggestions do you have for like the amateur coach who's like, I really want to try this. Like, where can I get some resources? What can I do to like, to be the next uh, coach grandma Rao?
2: <laughs> well, oh, I mean, wow. I, I feel I feel ill-equipped to tell people what to do because I'm still, I feel like I'm still new in this. Um, do
0: we coach people into but- it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's such a need, right? And I feel like, you know, I had this like this inkling idea in my head of like, gosh, this was really helpful for me. And then I look around, we see people making decisions to either change jobs, leave, or just check out of the work that they're in. They're not, they're not, they're not sad anymore. they they're just not happy in their jobs. And I'm like, what was it that kept me in this health system role? for 20 years. Why am I still here? What's so different about me? And it's not. It's literally that I've been exposed to the right people who have asked me those thoughtful questions. I got my what's next every single time and a willing ear to listen to it and help me figure out my own thoughts. And I think some people are accidental, wonderful coaches. And maybe I was just completely fortunate in finding those people. I will completely agree to that. But I think, like now that I recognize it, like let's do it. Our pharmacy profession needs it. Yeah. Um, you know, physicians have coaches. You know, a lot of, a lot of healthcare relies on mentorship because we think like, oh, because I went through the training and did it, I can teach you how to do it. But like, coaching culture is really important because it it also. It also, I'm gonna go off on a tangent here, like it also breeds better well being. It breeds better diversity, equity, and inclusion because you're acknowledging what makes someone their own version of human and you're helping them support their own discovery of their own story. So, you know, in mentorship, you can actually limit someone's potential if you don't acknowledge the human that they are. And so to be a quality coach, you're doing it to advance the human and the professional together.
1: And and let's take it one step further, Kamashi. I guess how does in, in the in the actual area of pharmacy practice, how do how do we apply that to, to pharmacy and like use as coaching? Is it, I don't know, is it like a decision making? Is it is it leadership style? Um, is it administration?
2: Honestly,
1: Before
0: we go, there you know Dave? What I would love to see. Yeah. Sorry. I I think just like reflecting back on, on what you're saying about like coaching being a way to like support diversity, equity, and inclusion and like help to, um, acknowledge like someone's humanness. I I think it's like a lot of what is missing in like middle management. It's a lot of what is missing in like how we, um, you know, as a profession like practice. Um, and I, I, it's a, like a really interesting um, connection, uh, Kamakshi. And um, I, I think I first thank you for bringing it up and thank you for like acknowledging that there is a difference in helping to like bring someone out of themselves and give them like empower them to do those things. Um, so I just want to acknowledge that first and say that like, thank you.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm glad it resonates, right? Because the more I've socialized with this with other people, the more I recognize like that, it's not just me perceiving this need. It's not me trying to create a little, a little like niche for myself. It literally is a need that is pretty widespread. But I would say, like Dave, to your question, like what what do we do for pharmacy? Like what I would love to see, is and this is you know I've I've pitched it to my director. We'll see where it goes. Is like anyone who once they join us in our in our clinical teams, or even in our ops teams, is like once you've been with our organization, our department for three years. You automatically qualify to get six months with a coach, once a month session with a coach for six months where you can tap into that. And it's a retention tool. It's a tool to help people figure out what their next step is within our organization, how to optimize where they are currently or how to manifest where they want to be next. Um, So I think, you know, I think healthcare organizations hopefully are starting to realize the the importance that needs to be placed on retention and professional development of their teams in order to retain them, and this is one way of doing it. Um, yes, some teams may choose to just embed a coach for their leadership team. That's important, honestly. It's very important, and it's a great first step because um, what your what your manager and leadership team sometimes need are better skills in thoughtful inquiry, how to ask questions to understand where their people want to grow and having space to allow them to grow in ways that aren't the traditional ways to grow. Um, so I, I think that's, that there's value there. Um, having been a clinician who then worked my way into management, like the clinical sphere is still super close to my heart. So I don't want to develop our managers and not develop our clinicians. So like clinicians need coaches. Everybody hears about leadership coaching, and it's very, very valuable. Super, super important to build strong cultures. You also need coaching for your teams. I think so that they can stay engaged.
1: You know, I'm like, I'm like, you know, itching and and thinking like of my own of my own self reflection and thinking about coaching. And you know, coaching can even go beyond. It doesn't necessarily mean your coaches you can attest to has to be within your own institution or say like you have to have a, a vertical track here. That even when you, when you leave an institution or, or, a, you know, a good coach is going to recognize like what your, I don't know, passion, what your motivation and what your factors are, they're going to push you to challenge yourself, to take the next, the next leap. Right. Um And I, I really, think, you know, that, that really like can set a line of like, what is a good coach and, you know, what is a great coach? Um So anyway, just, just some of my own self-reflection thoughts as I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. sitting here resonating with Kamakshi.
0: You mean we shouldn't coach people in staying in organizations?
2: (laughs) No, you know, like that's not the point. The point of coaching isn't like you shouldn't have an end goal in mind because then you're you're mentoring, you're not coaching. Coaching is open, right? Um, But I do think, you know, like shameless plug, like as I go through like coaching certification, like that's what we look for is like they actually, you know, part of the dogma is like you don't coach your friends because that's not what you're not there to give them advice you're there to give them space um so honestly like sometimes looking outside your organization connecting with a coach you know i'll be getting my coach certification hours at some point i'll be like looking for people to coach and um, i will sign
1: up
0: seriously i'm <laughs> i'm second i don't care what you charge
1: <laughs> and this is not a plug i will 100 <laughs> percent sign up
0: yeah careful how many people you tell this to come we we actually have a growing listener pool so you might get a bunch Uh of asks (laughs) um because i i mean if it's resonating for the two of us like this is likely resonating for like a large swath of pharmacy that like they're just don't know what to do and like sometimes they just need someone to help them figure it out um without giving them the answer i think Um, I was reflecting on, like, the different areas that you had coaching in, and I think one that's, like, really, like, underutilized is, like, individual, like, departments and, like, how they're making decisions, like, how their leaders are functioning, and that many leaders have the information at their fingertips already. They just need some help in learning how to get access to it and, uh, like, leverage it in decision-making. Like, there's so much knowledge and information and, and, like we talk so much about coaching and like private equity and like private companies, but like, we're really missing out. We're really missing out in like the, the not for profit, uh, healthcare space where like the, the idea is to like, give it all, leave it on the floor. Um, sometimes we need a little help from someone to, to, to get your, your mind around something.
2: Yeah. I mean you, you I mean that I feel like that that's a whole nother episode, right? Is like keeping your cup full so that you can give to others. That's that's totally different.
1: Self-invited uh, encore. Self-invited yeah, encore <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: that's now three episodes for Kabakshi. Uh, <laughs> I'm
2: gonna have to expand my bartending repertoire then, so <laughs>
0: um,
2: no, but I, I, you're right. That as like, if we're in like public, not-for-profit healthcare organizations, but like at the end of the day, there's there, I think like advocating hard for the funding and the support that you need tapping into larger, like our, our coaching, uh, our coaching Academy is not pharmacy related at all. It's run through our human resources department and access to it was pitched through HR and, uh, I just got lucky because one of our HR business partners reached out to me she said, I heard you talking about like this coaching relationship that you had and you were really inspired by, would you want to do this? And I was like, Oh my God, if I didn't know you, I would never realize this was an opportunity. So I think sometimes, you know, connecting with departments outside of pharmacy can help us realize like, what are the things that other people are using that we just haven't tapped into and how do we get part of that?
0: Let's say I was a, um independently wealthy pharmacist and I wanted to hire my own coach. Do you have any suggestions on like where to look, maybe like outside your organization? Like I just want to do it myself.
2: Um, I mean, it's there's coaches for everything, right? I feel like that's one thing. Like right, there are spiritual coaches, there are life coaches, there are wellness and fitness coaches. Um, so a lot of it does depend on like what exactly you're looking to do. Mm. Um The organization that oversees like coaching in general is ICF, the international coaching federation. Um, And they have regulated standards on what it takes to get certified as a coach, how many hours you need to coach, you sit for exams for certification um, and things like that. But you have to, you know, most coaches would tell you they pick a area of focus. So if you're an independently wealthy pharmacist, what do you want coaching in? You want like, you own better like wellness and lifestyle or are you looking for leadership are you looking for career transitions coaching you know for me like that sort of that's the part that feeds me you know that part of the the benefit i think of investing in myself becoming a coach is, is partly selfish i love it i love watching other people grow getting to see it's the next it's the next generation of watching like the light bulb go off it's not the light bulb going off so much anymore it's the people like manifesting themselves into the next version of themselves successfully and finding reward in that. Um, so that's the kind of coach that I would want to be. And so I think like, if you're looking for a coach, you can, you can look on ICF. There's a number of different, like thousands and thousands of coaches around, but you really want to look. I've had great experiences with some leadership coaching groups. There are also, there's actually a, I read about it um, a couple of weeks, ago so there's actually a, Coaches training groups specifically for academic medical centers. Whoa. They train for coaches who work in academic medical centers because they understand that world better. Um, So I think like it's kind of a, it feels like it's a one size fits everyone term. And yes, you don't have to be a pharmacist to coach pharmacists, but I do think there's something really unique about having that background and it allows you to hold the space a little more authentically for people.
0: Absolutely. I, um, I love that. It really resonates with me and like something that I, I will certainly like look into. I did not realize that you could coach in all those micro areas. It's now making me question like for my infant, are there sleep coaches for kids? Cause, um, I yeah, might actually use, there are. you're kidding me. No, you're, pull, kidding you're pulling you. my leg. You're pulling my leg, right?
2: I'm totally not. Get totally not.
0: Get out of here! All right. Well, I'm not that independently wealthy to buy my kid a sleep coach, but you know, I, I might consider hiring uh, a coach, Dr. Rao, uh, to support me. So, um thank you so much, uh, Dr. Rao, for joining us. We do have one final question that we ask all of our listeners. Um, what's one thing you took from a preceptor from your training that you've incorporated into your own precepting practice? That's not coaching. Oh.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like I sort of gave it away because it's sort of the, it's the one, it's the one piece of feedback that I got from my best, my best preceptor was the what's next. I feel like, you know, using that as a, as a springboard and I, I, yes, now it's used in this mentorship relationship, but it actually stemmed from a very, the very first topic discussion I had with her was like my very first breast cancer discussion. I remember I walked in and the topic discussion was over in five minutes because she was like, this this and then what's next and i was like what do you mean what's next and she's like go back read more we're not there yet um and i came back and it was literally three or four iterations of the topic discussion before i made it to an hour and then she by the end then she was like that's it that works do that again next time
0: wow um, uh, it sounds like her yeah, and what's next did you have karen brady as a preceptor a topic
2: No, but I heard that podcast and she sounds like, she sounds like my spirit animal for precepting.
1: (laughs) (coughs) Tomachi, I, I, um, I can't thank you enough for, for coming on today. Um, you know, I've, you know, even I was, was joking around with Jason, you know, when we did our, our preparatory session, you know, just going over everything. I, I couldn't help but self-reflect and think, wow, like this is such great insight that I'm learning. And and I learned even more today from just being part of this conversation. So I, I really can't thank you enough for being on and um, you know, being a great, great advocate for, for overall, not even just not even just for preceptees and, and learners, but the profession. Um, so thank you, Dr. Rao, for coming on today and on behalf of preceptor responsibly.
0: Until we meet again
2: awesome thank you so much for having me it's it's been a blast
0: anytime you want to come back we're happy to talk two more times yeah, i think i've got like four life.
2: episodes now
0: so <laughs> you have a Mac. you have a cap at three <laughs> choose wisely <laughs> we'll do four if we get a free coaching session
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right uh thanks everybody for listening today um If you've got another minute and a half to tune in, next up is uh, Dr. Sutton giving you a quick summary on today's episode.
3: Hi, everyone. Thank you all for joining uh, me again. Uh, I am Spencer Sutton, and this is One Minute, One Review, uh, where I, a very young, very new preceptor, uh, give my takeaways on this week's episode of Precept Responsibly. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about coaching. Um, Let's just start off. Coaching versus mentorship. Mentorship is really, as we discussed, coming from a place where you are able to provide direct feedback and recommendations on what someone should do and model that. Coaching takes that assumption of we are now working with an established person, someone who has had their own experiences. And very importantly, you probably do not have the exact same experiences as that. So your job as a coach is much more of a facilitator asking these probing questions on what someone wants out of their life, what someone wants out of their professional experiences. Um, it is not about providing the answers, it is about directing someone to make those decisions themselves, even if all you were doing is serving as a speaking for I liked when Dr. Rao focused on her experiences with her own coaches, discussing that she had felt that she got to maybe a stale point of her career. And even just that question of what's next, boosted her and kept her moving in this direction to her current position i think it's important to acknowledge that in my current level i am not ready to be a coach that's at least my opinion but i think that where i am is that i am ready to find a coach for myself Um, it is so easy to look and say that we've completed pgy1 pgy2 and now i'm in a position for the next 40 years and then i eventually get to retire By identifying a coach for myself as a young preceptor, I can start working on some of these ideas and become a continued lifelong learner. I can keep moving up in my career, pursuing new opportunities and identifying someone that can help me get to that next level. Hopefully 10, 15 years down the road, I can see myself in that position where I'm able to ask these questions of individuals that trust me to be a coach for them. Thank you all very much for listening and I look forward to talking to you all again. Have a good one. Hope you all enjoyed today's episode. We thank you for listening.
0: Uh, I just want to remind people, if you have an idea for an episode or you want to drop an audio comment or question, uh, you know, record yourself 30 seconds uh, on your phone, send it to us uh, at preceptresponsibly at gmail.com.
1: We also are on social media, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn.
0: Find all of our episodes on your
1: favorite podcast providers. We also have these as videos on YouTube.
0: Today's episode was produced by Spencer Sutton. Music by Alex Grohl. That's it for Precept
1: Responsibly. I'm Jason Mordino. And I'm Dave Hughes. Until next time, thanks all for listening.
0: Welcome back, listeners. Part two of the...
1: (laughs) 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 Maybe I should intro.